What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm super excited. You know, talking to people is a little tough if you don't have the confidence or if there's a conflict. But we're going to figure out how to do that today. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bro. Woo! What up, ladies and gentlemen? Super excited to have uh, Jonathan Miller on the podcast. We're going to be talking about communication today. One of the key things uh, in pretty much any sales business, when we come across that other person on the other side, we want to get them to do something some way, whether it's a business transaction, your spouse, your kids, whatever it is, having the proper communication skills, knowing what to say, how to interact and Putting those emotions in check is one of those things that we got to uh, control to make sure that we are effective communicators. And I got Jonathan here today to tell us all about what he does. Uh, Jonathan, welcome to the program, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's just let's just start off with you have quite a story prior to even getting to the communication part. Tell me a little bit about that story. How did you even get here? Yeah. So it, it's actually a funny story. So it started many years back um, when I met a girl, of course. It always starts and, that way. Uh, it, it, it usually, it often starts that way, right? So um, I, I met this person and, uh, you know, one thing we had talked about early on in our relationship is we always wanted to do a van trip. Like, you know, van life, the hashtag van life that everyone's up to right now. Um, yeah, so you, you, you like literally buy a van and then just drive around the country type thing. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. Oh man, so, if I had the other business, bro, he literally did that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So I don't so know how you guys think that way. That is that is um it's just something that was on our mind for a while. And so we, you know, came up with a plan. We were dating for several years, but we saved our money. And one day we quit our jobs and we bought a 1984 GMC Vandura. And we packed all of our, we're really into rock climbing. So we packed all of our mm. rock climbing gear, our camping gear, and we just set off on this like trip all around North America. And, you know, the initial intention of this trip was to, you know, escape the nine to five. I wasn't really digging my job that much. Um, kind of give myself some space to think about what exactly I want to do with my life. Um, but also, you know, I wanted to get better, get to know this person. I mean, uh, her name is Laura and I've been dating her, you know, we've been living together for a year. So I knew her like pretty well, but realistically, I mean, I spent 40 hours plus a week at work, her the same. Um, we had different groups of friends, different, you know, sometimes different hobbies as well. So, I mean, so if you know I'm your spend colleagues a, better than you knew your, your significant yeah, other. You, exactly. Right. And that, and that's, that's like a, not an uncommon story. So really I wanted to find out, you know, is this the person that I really want to spend the rest of my life with? So there was also an opportunity there as well. And so we hopped into the van and I remember the day we left and it was raining and, you know, we, we stayed at my mom's place like right before we left. And my mom's like, wow, why don't you just, you just, you can stay here one more night and go tomorrow and da, da. And we're like, no, we got to get out of here. We're ready. The van's ready. Let's do it. And we like drove off in the night and we were so excited. And that lasted for about like three days because <laughs> you put two full size adults in a van that size you're going to get up in each other's personal space, right? Yeah, for sure. So um, 
it really came to we so we never had any like full on fights. We had like a pretty strong relationship. I was actually genuinely shocked when we were bickering and arguing with each other. I'm like, what? Like, what is going on right now? Like, how is we how is this happening? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we I remember it came it came to in this one specific instance. We had um, we were cooking food in like our little kitchenette. And um, I was cutting some vegetables. She was kind of minding the stove. And I said, hey, Laura, can you go get me when, uh, get me that thing when you have a chance? And she like snapped at me. And that would normally turn, you know, it would evolve and it would turn into something, something else, something mm-hmm. unpleasant. Um, but this had happened a few times. And so I was just like, okay, what's going on here? You know, this has happened a few times before what's happening. And she fortunately was like also self-aware enough to notice like, you know what? I I don't know. I don't know why I snapped there. Like something is up. And what we actually did is we did the looking. We took a look. Well, what's really going on here? Like you didn't really snap at me because I asked you for that thing, did you? And what we were able to uncover was some assumptions that were made in terms of this simple statement. Hey, can you get that? blank for me when you have, you know, can you get that blank for me? See her upbringing is that she grew up with just her mom. It was her and her mom. And it was, the stress was all around patience, Mm. lots of patience, lots of waiting your turn. Now my family, not so much. There was three of us kids. It was just a free for all. You had to, you had to make yourself heard if you wanted to get what you want. What's your background on this, uh, Hernan? Same same type of thing. I have a it's it's three boys for us growing up. So it was it was oh, yeah. loud. It was crazy. Not just that. Like I grew up in a home where the door was always open. So mm. we always had aunts and uncles and friends. Somebody's always sleeping somewhere else, right? And and like James, for example, the other business bro, he must have spent I don't know most of his teen life sleeping on the couch because he's just like I don't want to be in the room with everybody else. I'm just gonna sleep on the couch. <laughs> And so, you know, that's, that's the life that, that we grew up in. And, and it's funny that you mentioned that because even, even with my wife, you know, seeing the two dynamics of our family, uh, really, uh, kind of, you see where we come from and, and why we do what we do. Like my, my daughter, for example, we can be sitting at the kitchen table. There's only four of us. Right. And we'll start having a conversation and she starts getting louder and louder and louder. And I'm like, Mila, calm down. Like we're right here. But on my wife's yeah. side of the family, that's how they interact. They're not being loud to be aggressive. They're being loud because they're excited and they're animated. And then that's just how they communicate. Uh, whereas on my side of the family, we're, very, we're pretty mellow, right? We're chill, we're relaxed. And, you know, good communication is just at, at that level pace. But if you understand where they're coming from, I think you're able to justify and really break down, you know, it, it, it comes down to, to empathy, right? Not, not sympathy, empathy, understanding the other side uh, so that yeah. you can communicate and, and clarify your messaging so that they understand. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so great that you brought up that stuff around family because there's all those hidden assumptions that we have. We don't even realize we have those assumptions, but they're there. They're just hanging out in the background you know, like these invisible forces controlling our life. And this was exactly what had happened to us in the van. And until we distinguished it, we had no idea. And so we put this plan in place where I was going to say, I was going to take on developing this habit of saying, when you have a moment, when, if it was not urgent, I would say, when you have a moment. Mm. And she would partner with me by, you know, accepting that, you know, I'm not going to remember it every time. Communication habits are really hard to put in place because we're talking all the time. So, uh, 
And guess what? It worked. I took on the habit. You came to an agreement though. You sat down and openly talked about the things that frustrated you about each other. That's that's huge. I mean, people pay hundreds of dollars an hour to sit on a couch with a therapist to literally do that, to facilitate the uncomfortableness of, I get irritated when you, you know, I yeah. get frustrated because you, and yeah. and being able to take in that criticism and, and internalize it, not in the sense of you're an asshole, right? And it's more in like, I want to get to, I want to get to the same solution you do. Let's get there together. And this is what, this is the hurdles that I'm coming across and it works both ways. Absolutely. It's, it's so interesting. Like you, you're saying all this and I think that I, I think I knew that, like, I don't know, that obviously I knew, I knew that at the time, but I, I can't articulate, I would not have been able to articulate it as beautifully as you just had right there, especially when you're in it. Like mm-hmm. when you're in it, it's so much harder to remember, right? But there's just, there, it was like a moment of enlightenment. Somehow we came together, we teamed up for this thing and it worked out. And I still have the habit to this day, by the way. So anyway, when this thing happened, I was like, wow, this is so cool. I can just change the way I'm communicating and things shift in my relationship. This is amazing. It's like a superpower. And you know, I was unemployed. I was living in a van. And so I just started devouring these books, these communication books. Turns out I was not as good a communicator as I thought I was. (laughs) Um, I thought I was a great communicator. I was doing a lot of things that were there's not like a right or wrong communication, but there's just things that are helpful and things that are less helpful. <laughs> and so um, I was doing a lot of those unhelpful things. And, uh, you know, I came up with this plan. I was going to study these systems. I was going to practice them meticulously with my partner. Uh, poor Laura, she had to bear the brunt of many hurt feelings. Um, but at the end of it, what came out was an amazing uh, communication, a communicative relationship that we now have, and we've continued to enjoy to this day. You know, every relationship has breakdowns, but the uh, the pace at which we recover from those breakdowns has just gotten faster and faster. And we really get to bring more of that creativity and less of that drama in our relationship. But what's more amazing, and you hinted at this in your intro is, you know, when it comes to our businesses, you know, we think a lot about sales and we think about that kind of thing for communication, but communication is everywhere. It's just relationships run our lives. And especially as a business owner, I mean, we know that it's about the relationships. Mm -hmm. It's all about the relationships and communication is that main ingredient. And so naturally when I started working on my communication skills, not only did I see it improve with my partner, I saw it improve with my friends. I saw it improve with my family and, and in my business as well. So it, it just had this huge impact. And so I knew I was onto something. I knew I had to share this. And um, for whatever reason, I just got really interested in um, this area of conflict. Conflict, um, for whatever reason, I was drawn to it. These really difficult conversations that you kind of mentioned um, I'm fascinated by them. They happen all the time and everywhere. And for some reason, we're like, you know, hundreds of you know, thousands of years of evolution and we still suck at having difficult conversations. That's just like the fact of the matter. We avoid them at all costs until we eventually one day explode. And um, that's kind of how a lot of difficult conversations go. 
Um, but I realized that it doesn't have to go that way. And uh, I've managed to work over the years with my clients and in my own life to come up with amazing systems and ways to transform the way that we communicate and ultimately elevate all of my relationships and ultimately the quality of my life as well. It's funny. I, uh, I, I still remember coming to the realization one day that uh, most problems I've come across are, uh, I don't want to say my fault, but they're like, uh, I can take control of them, right? So things that I come across, uh, problems that I come across, even though there are other people who may have uh, taken an action in some way, I had the ability to respond to that situation in a positive way, in a negative way, in a way that would resolve the conflict or in a way that would push the conflict in a negative direction, right? I had that ability and, and it was a humbling experience to realize how much control you actually have, uh, mm. whether you become the victim of a problem or become the solution of the problem. In, in a relationship, I, I remember listening, watching this video, uh, Simbad, the, the comedian, he had this video out there and he was talking about how all of us, we're all crazy, right? We all have a crazy. We just happen to find somebody in our life that can tolerate our kind of crazy, yes. right? And I, they can I tolerate, think I've seen that exact yeah. little bit, yeah. Right, and, and it's a great yeah. bit. And he talks about how he was with his wife for like seven years, seven or eight years. Then they then they uh, got a divorce for another like four or five years. And then they got back together and they've been together ever since, another like 10, 12 years, whatever it is. And what he found wow. in that dating world is, is everybody has their issues. Everybody has their problems. He just found that person that he could easily uh, tolerate their problems and they could tolerate his problems and they were going in the same direction together. Mm. And there's no such thing as that perfect relationship ever. Yeah. It, it, it's it's like a photo album, right? You're looking at a photo album and you see smile after smile after smile, but what you don't see is the tears and the frustrations and the fights in between those smiles. And that's where real, real relationships are, are developed and, and forged. That's where you become a team, essentially getting Absolutely. through those hurdles. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's, it's just so, um, it's so wonderful. We're on the business bros podcast and here we are, we keep going back to talking about these intimate relationships as well. Right. Because it's this communication stuff, it happens everywhere. And, you know, I think that you maybe gravitate to an intimate relationship and I do as well, because they're just such great sources of learning as well, right? You're communicating mm -hmm. with this one person so much in your life, right? So obviously it's like an important thing to kind of try to get right and make work. But ultimately, I mean, again, the way you show up in anything is the way you show up in everything. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to make sure to practice honing in those com communication skills and actually work on transforming those conflicts. So another big thing that I'm really interested in is this idea of conflict transformation. And this is not a term that I actually developed. This is a term that is taken from the conflict resolution, conflict management space. Um, and it's usually used at like kind of an international level. But I looked at a lot of the academic research and there's this cool theory called conflict transformation that, that was developed in the 80s actually, and is relatively uh, unknown outside of the academic space. And it's this idea of using conflict, um, knowing that conflict is inevitable and it's a normal and natural part of any of our relationships, whether it's our intimate relationships or our business relationships as well, is that conflict is going to happen. So knowing that it's going to happen, how can we use it as a tool for growth? How can we use it as a catalyst for change? And how can we make that change as productive and effective as possible? And so, again, this is kind of what I, what I work with all my clients. It's a real transformation in 
and and not not only knowing how to handle conflict, so you know, tone things down, bring it under control, but also into to completely transform it, so that you're not only walking around, um, you know, having uh, great relationships, but you're really transforming them into something new, like creating partnerships all over your life. So not just with your intimate partner, not just with your business partner, but everyone's like a partner with you. They're like your allies. They're like they're like you're on you're on this charge together. Imagine a life where you can walk around and have partners everywhere you go, and that's this I idea of in you for a long time. Okay. Yeah. And so um, there's also one thing I wanted to talk about, which I absolutely loved that you said. You use this keyword victim, you know, and um, it, it can be a loaded term, but there is um, something that I'm going to point to um, our listeners here, our viewers around this idea of um, this thing called the drama triangle. And it came out in 1968 by a guy named Dr. Stephen Hartman. I mean, this is a very well-known triangle and it's a common um, relationship trap that we fall into. And we often, whether we realize it or not, it's often subconscious, we actually race into this victim role. And we experience this victimhood, not victimization, this victimhood, anytime we feel powerless, or helpless, or, or even hopeless as well. And what we do is we end up externalizing, I'm going to point to the camera here, mm -hmm. I, we're externalizing our issues um, so that we don't have to deal with the responsibility of it. But ultimately it is our responsibility, right? It, let, let me ask you, cause um, there's yeah. a lot going on right now in the U S uh, people are very upset with, uh, with the situation when it comes to race relations and we're having protests all over the country, vandalism going on all over the country. And, and I struggle to talk about this topic for fear of sounding like uh like i'm against the movement because i'm not against the movement right i'm i'm actually i actually think that that is a good thing that everybody's going on but when i but when i have these thoughts of uh you know this whole victimhood mentality i don't i, I and, and you're describing it really well i don't want to say that people you know stop being a victim that sounds very uh discriminatory in its sense but what i do want to say is you know you have the power to change that perspective, to not blame others, but to take some accountability and become that change that's necessary in in this movement. You know, but it's difficult to put that into words where they understand something where it doesn't come off as, you know, oh, you think it's all my fault, right? You're calling me a yeah. victim. Oh, you're trying to say it's my fault that this is happening. I don't want to say that. Um, that's not what I'm trying to say, but the way I'm mm -hmm. describing uh, that victim mentality is how you're describing the victimhood. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this and I want to be very careful about what I say here because I want to be clear that I have not done the work necessary in order to really take a good look at my biases. Um, this is a new conversation for me and, um, and I reckon, and I'm just for just now recognizing like how, really getting present to how privileged I've been and how I've been living in this privileged system. And so, um, you know, when it comes to this word victimization, it can be very triggering for people. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it, right? Um, there's unfortunately no easy way to walk around it. The thing with victimhood is it is up to the victim to recognize their victimhood and to 
change that into and create something new with that. And um, unfortunately, pointing out, putting that out, pointing that out to people, um, it's not going to make a huge difference. Um, it's only going to put them more on the defensive, right? So um, I don't know how to answer that question. And I also don't want to dive too into this because I want to make sure that I'm speaking from a place of integrity where I've taken the look and I've done the reflecting and I just haven't done that at this point. So uh, I'm, you know, yeah. it's funny that it's funny you say that because I, I feel very much the same way. I don't have a way to say that. I don't. It's, it's, you know, in, in my heart of hearts, I know that I want a, a positive change. But then I also know the way uh, humans, we as humans are, and we don't tend to want to do that heavy lifting. We want the quick and easy route. And unfortunately, the, even the messaging in this situation can't be the quick and easy route. If you take the quick and easy route in the messaging, in the actions, you're not going to get the solution you want. Actually, oftentimes, if you take the easy route, you're going to get the adverse reaction, that yeah. the, the one that you're not looking for. So, you know, I, I commend you on that. I mean, and again, this is all about communication, right? You literally are laying it out. I do have an opinion. I do want to have a positive uh, uh, point of view here. I'm just not prepared to go in that direction. And, and yeah. having the ability to say that, having the ability to say, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not well versed yet. Um, I don't have clarity on that. That is a power in and of itself to admit mm -hmm. that you are not capable yet. That's that's strong. Yeah, I, I thank you for that. I appreciate that acknowledgement. And you know, bringing it back to some of our some of the relationships that we have in our lives, particularly thinking about you know business relationships, that can be a really scary thing to say at work. Mm -hmm. or to maybe a potential client saying, I don't know. Um, but the, the, the key to that, that I would say that I would use kind of just as I did, like in this example is I'm just being authentic about it. Right. And that authenticity, that is, that is, there's so much power there. So what it could just as easily sound like is, listen, I don't know the answer to your question right now. And I'm committed that after this is done or none, like I'm telling you right now, the next few days, you know, I, I, I have a lot of literature I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing a bunch of journaling. I'm going to be reflecting. I'm going to be having some really uncomfortable moments, I'm certain. And I'm committed that if we talked again in a week that I would have more clarity around how to answer your questions. That's what I'm committed to. Um, and, you know, saying that from even like a business perspective, like that you know, I don't have the answer for you. And I'm going to tell you right now, within three days, I'm going to have an answer for you. That is super powerful, super authentic. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of power in saying, I don't know, isn't there? Yeah, and, and well, not just the I don't know, it's the what you've, what you've added to that is um, that you have assigned a time frame. Like I need this much time to get you the answer that you're looking for. Uh, you can even go as so far as to say, you know, the reason why I don't want to give you an answer is because it could really skew variable A, B, and C. And if I really skew these variables, it can mean a completely different thing. And, and I don't want to take your business, your idea, your emotions, whatever it is that you're talking about in that direction. So if I have this much time, I will be, I will be better prepared to provide the professional service or the quality answer that you're looking for. And, and that is much more powerful than because because I imagine in our minds, in our minds, this is what we do when we don't have an answer. Our mind goes, you know, our, 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 we feel that really small feeling like we get really tiny and we're afraid to say, I don't know, because they're going to we think they're going to just jump up and be like, you're an idiot. This is exactly why I don't want to work with you. 
That's just not the case. That's not what's going to happen. Even if you were just to keep it as simple as, I don't know the answer to that. Let me get back to you. Something as simple as that is, is still like, you know, we as humans, we understand that we're like, Oh, okay. Obviously we don't, we don't know that yet. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. But pretending that you know the answer and giving them direction, um, you could get lucky and give them the right answer and put them in the right direction or it could go very badly. Right, you could push yeah. them in a direction they didn't want to go in. You could strike a chord on an emotion that you didn't want to strike a chord in, and it could spiral out of control. So I don't know is one of those things where yes, you are vulnerable as an individual saying that, but it's powerful because there there are so many people that also have that same sense of vulnerability and are just not willing to share it. Absolutely, I love what you said there, and what really comes to mind and. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking about uh, intentions, like intentions, like what human intentions are, because when it comes to our interactions, when it comes to our conversations, whether it's in a business setting or not, whether you realize it or not, at a subconscious level, your brain is constantly scanning for threats. That's what mm-hmm. your brain is doing. And so there's this one question that pops up, especially when we do business, there's this question pops up. It's, can I trust you? That's mm-hmm. all That's all your brain is doing at a very subconscious primal level. It's like, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Can I trust this person? And so when it comes to communicating trust, I mean, there's we could, we could spend another couple hours talking about trust, but <laughs> I'm going to give like a simple kind of model that I use when I communicate that makes a huge difference for me in terms of building trust quickly and communicating very powerfully, just like I did when I said I didn't know, is... You know, I know that their brains and my brain is scanning for threats. They want to see if I can trust a person. So the way that we can have other people trust us better is to simply tell them what it is that we're thinking. They want to know what's going on in our heads. I I am standing in, you know, in front of you, Hernan, we're about to do a business deal. And all I can think about is what's going on in his head. Is he, is he going to cheat me? Is he, does he want much, just money from me? Or is he looking for a real relationship? I'm trying to literally figure out your thoughts. That's what I'm concerned with. So how do we avoid that? I just tell them all my thoughts. I'm just like straight up front and I just reveal, okay, well, this is what I'm thinking. And oh yeah, like, look, I'm recording in my apartment and I'm like sitting on a couch, by the way, because you know, the Wi-Fi here is, and then, uh, whatever it is, it's very authentic. It's very real. And if I don't know the answer, you know, I'm just going to say, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to tell you that I'm going to look into it because I'm kind of embarrassed and da, 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 da. It's authentic. It's clear. And then it answers the question, can I trust this person? Yeah, I can trust this person. This person's being real and honest with me. What are, what are your thoughts on that kind of thinking? Yeah, it's it's one of those uh, lay your cards on the table. So yeah, um, I yeah. told you I'm, I'm a big movie guy. I, I love movies all the time. And uh, one of my favorite rappers of all time is Eminem, right? And so if you ever watch the movie Eight Mile, at the very end, he's on stage. Uh, you know, he's gone through a, a whole heartache of stuff throughout his life. And, and the last thing he does on his last rap is he lays out all the things that are negative against him that people are going to throw against him. He lays them all out on the table. And after that, there's nothing really you can say. He's like, you know, I am a, I am a piece of trash. You know, I do dress like a bum, you know, all this stuff. He's just laying it out. And then at the end, when the next guy's turn to rap, like he has nothing. There's no ammo left over. You can't mm-hmm. help but to say, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's yeah. really what you're trying. That's what you're aiming for in these types of things. When you come yeah. to the table, you know, it's it's not how do I make them say yes? It's how do I make them understand? 
that this is my dilemma. This is what I'm struggling with or vice versa. I know you think that this is what we do. I know you believe that, you know, we're making a ton of money on this particular deal. I know that you think I, I don't want to make the bed just to piss you off, whatever it is, you know, that you're discussing, lay it out on the table. That's and it. now it's not a matter of you're trying to convince them. They're justifying whether or not that is truly what they believe. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a different point of view to come at, you know, now it's, it's almost like the poker thing, right? Well, I love playing poker and, and, you know, I haven't been able to go to Vegas for a while because of all the COVID stuff. Right. But I love playing on, to, on the poker table. And one of the things that, that poker players do really well is they make you choose what to do next. Mm. And, and they're giving you the decision, right? I'm laying it all out on the table. I'm saying, look, I'm ready to play. Are you ready to play? And now the, the now the the question or the choice is on you, right? Mm -hmm. And and I feel like that's how in 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 negotiations in uh, relationships, turn it on them. Give them the opportunity to decide whether they want to proceed in that direction or they agree with you. Because chances are, you lay it on the table. It could be that that's exactly what they were thinking, and now conversation's over. You everybody has clarity, and you win, right? Yep. And if not, yep. at least you have a starting point. Yeah. It's really beautifully said. And you even gave that example earlier. You said like when I when I was talking about the van and the issue, um, you kind of gave this example of like you came to you would come to your wife and like, hey, let's solve this problem together. I actually call this getting buy in because when mm -hmm. you ask them to come up with a solution for both of you, I mean, it's their idea. Of course, they're going to be bought in like they, it's, they everyone loves their own ideas. Right. So um, I think that you. Perfect example, right? Uh, it, it, babe, what do you want to eat? Right? If you ask that yeah. question, they're going to say, oh, <laughs> I don't know, right? Whatever, whatever you want. And that's never the truth. That's never the truth, right? <laughs> that's not it. But if you come with options, babe, uh, would you like to go to In N Out? Would you like to go to, I don't know, would you like to have chicken or In N Out or chicken? Which one would you choose? Now you're, you're giving them the choice, right? Now it's they're yeah. either going to say, I don't want any of those. I would prefer X. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. that's good. Let's go there. Right. It, yeah. Sometimes it takes a little bit more effort on your side to present uh, your situation. This is where I think would be a good option. Do you want to go here? Right. Rather mm -hmm. than leaving it up in the air and assuming they can read that, you know, you're reading a mind. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Every, I think every every husband or spouse thinks they can read their spouse's mind. That's just not the case. Uh, There's but actually a bias for that. There's like a name. I, I don't even remember what it is off the top of my head, but I just heard about this bias that it's, it's, it's like clinically proven that we think that we know our spouses best and we <laughs> actually just don't. We don't know what they're thinking. And it's this like bias that clouds our judgment in terms of thinking like, oh, I don't need to ask them. I, I already know what their answer is going to be. No, we have no, an we really idea don't. based on history, but that that's doesn't right. mean that tomorrow is going to be the same answer. Exactly. Right? And that's exactly. why, that's why laying it out there and, and like, I, it's, it's funny. I mean, I, I, I love the food analogy with the spouse here. We'll go to a restaurant and my wife's the type of person who we're, we're, let's go uh, something normal like Denny's, right? You go to Denny's and the, the menu doesn't change. It's the same, no matter where you go to a Denny's and we'll sit down and she's looking at the menu and I already know what I'm going to get because it's the same place all the time. I know what I'm going to get. And it takes yeah. her forever to choose, right? And I give her time. <laughs> I give her time. And I kind of – and now I make it like a game. Now it's like, babe, let me guess, right? You want the Denver omelet, right? That's what you're going to get? 
And she's like, how did you know? You know, or sometimes she's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to go with this one over here. What do you think? And it's a little, it's a different approach to the same type of thing. If I just go, yeah. babe, the waiter's going to come and you need to pick something like fast. Like that's a different situation to get to the yeah. same result. I'm trying to get them to choose, but how mm -hmm. you approach the situation, what you say when you approach it, completely different. And and I Absolutely. think that's where we assume that we know, right? I, I play mm -hmm. along with, I, I get an idea. I know she's generally what she eats. Do I know exactly what she's feeling like eating right then and there? No, but if I suggest, I can have a much more likely chance of getting to the answer that I want, which is choose something. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, see, babe, I know you, right? We've been together for so long. I can completely understand where you're coming from, right? And it's a, it's a different dynamic. It is. I uh, I really appreciate that example. I appreciate um, how real it is. Um, and, you know, one thing that I think I want our listeners, viewers to take away from this conversation we're having, like at least this, this part of the conversation, is just really remembering, you know, humans, like we have a deep need for uh, autonomy and independence and to be able to choose. Choice is such a fundamental human need that we have. I mean, there's people dying all over the world every day for that that freedom, that independence, that autonomy, um, that ability to choose for themselves, right? Um, so it's not a surprise that when we're in our you know relationships, again, whether it's an intimate relationship or business, that giving someone that choice um, really empowers them. So um, I would definitely say that that's like a key takeaway to remember when you want to communicate powerfully, give them a choice. It's going to go much better for you. It's much better. Even works with kids, by the way. All right, oh, yeah. uh, Jonathan, tell me a little bit about uh, Tough Talks. Yeah, so I want to let you and uh, our listeners, viewers know about Tough Talks Made Easy. It's this amazing conflict assessment tool that you can get on my website, mindfulcommunication.me. And uh, basically what it is, is it's a, a conflict assessment tool. And I'm going to have, you're going to get 45 minutes with yours truly. And I'm going to help you have a tough conversation that you've probably been avoiding for a bit of time now. And we're actually going to come up with like a roadmap, a game plan. Um, and it's actually going to give you a better idea of how you can naturally and powerfully. So with your own words, have this really difficult conversation, start it, handle objections, and actually have it go the way that you want to. And I included a special promo code just for the Business Bros podcast. It's Business Bros 50. It's going to be available for one month after the release of this episode. So make sure to take advantage um, and have that tough conversation you've been avoiding. I promise you there's something magical waiting at the other side of it. I'm going to add to that. Um, in if, if you're in the business space and if you're in the sales space, I guarantee you that tough conversation that you're avoiding is probably the most profitable or uh, either transaction or relationship that you're avoiding uh, just that communication. We tend to put to the side those dollar productive activities because they're a little uncomfortable or they're a little cumbersome. Get them done. Like just make sure that that's your one thing for the day and, and get it through. And if you need a little bit of help coaching, this is the type of stuff that's going to help you get from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you for that uh, addition there. That was really helpful. Awesome. Jonathan, I've, I've had fun talking to you, man. I'm gonna, this is I'm gonna, great. Thanks for having me on. I'm going to have to like uh, invite myself onto your podcast <laughs> to continue our conversation. We can, we can have that arranged. We can have that arranged. Sweet, yes, and also man. check out the Mindful Communication Podcast. I interview experts all around the world in the realm of all things communication, not just conflict, everything, presentation skills and 
coaching and all this amazing stuff. You want to be a great communicator, check out my podcast, the Mindful Communication Podcast. And and just, just so you guys are aware, I mean, listen to the conversation today. Yes, this is huge for the business side, but it's really about relationships, right? Like the podcast is not just a podcast, it's a relationship building platform. And your network is your, your net worth is your network. You've heard that over and over and over mm. again. So whether you have a network of people that you don't communicate with, or you have a network of people that you do communicate with, it's completely up to you. So, you know, I, I love the conversation of communication. I mean, just the, that being able to click it on and, and communicate with people, it's, it's huge. It's the, it's the way of the future. Absolutely, man. It's it's this thing that um, have you ever heard of this expression of fish in water? It's um, you know the fish doesn't realize it's in water because mm-hmm. it's just in water. It's around them all the time. And communication is one of those things as well. For the most part, we go around with communication, and it's unconscious and unintentional. We don't even realize how we're communicating half the time. And when we start to put our spotlight of attention on it, there's some amazing things that open up some amazing habit patterns that you can recognize. And then ultimately you can choose which ones serve you, which ones don't and transform the ones that don't. And it yields amazing results. Oh my gosh. I mean, we didn't even get into a lot of this stuff, but I mean, you're talking about things like, you know, raising the eyebrows and having a smile on your face when you interact with people, you know, nodding gestures, you know, all kinds of different stuff. Those are all methods of communication and you're doing them whether you know it or not. That's right. Absolutely. You know, there's... We're we're gonna we're we're gonna get so off track here, Hernan. We're gonna talk for another three hours. I know we're gonna we're gonna get into the deep hole of communication. Yeah. It's fun stuff, Ed. All right, Jonathan. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on the program today. I really appreciate yeah, my you uh, taking time. I know it's late. It's ten o'clock for you over there, uh, but you know you still took the time to hop on. And you know, and, and like I said, I, I, I when once we talked, I was like, I need to give you a special time. <laughs> okay, let's work. Let's do this. It was totally wonderful. Worth it. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me here. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Peace, and we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.